Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number 42. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the good night's rest. We thank you for waking us to another day. And we pray now as we open your word, you'll bless us with an understanding of it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've just joined us, we've been going through the life of Jacob. In the last episode, we looked at a coming time that all of us as God's people will go through that parallels Jacob's night of anguish. Jeremiah called it the time of Jacob's trouble. There will be a great antagonism happening between the faithful, like Jacob, and the unfaithful, like Esau. God's people will be facing persecution for their faith. Babylon and the powers she controls will be bent on their destruction. But God will work to deliver them. He will rise up in judgment, we read, against false and apostate religion in our world. And when he does, he will shake terribly the earth. There will be great calamities and plagues, which will cause the proud and arrogant of the world to be brought low. The climax of that day will be the second coming of Jesus when all those who have rejected Christ will cry out for the rocks and mountains to hide them from the face of the Lord. But God's people will be delivered. Everyone found written in his book, the book of life. I want to pick up on this today. Having your name in the book of life is critical to being taken to heaven. I shared in the last episode that when we accept Jesus as our Saviour, our names are written in the book of life. And only those whose names are in that book will be taken to heaven when Jesus comes. But not all names that are written there will stay there. Revelation 3 verse 5 says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. When will that take place? Well, the language Jesus uses here is that of an advocate, someone who pleads your case in court. You see, all of us will face what the Bible calls the judgment day. John was shown that time in vision. He says here in Revelation 20 and verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. We read in the last episode that Jesus is coming to reward us according to our works. Revelation 22 verse 12 says, He has his reward with him when he comes. It stands to reason then in my mind that Jesus must first have determined who he is going to reward before he comes to reward them. That's what the judgment is all about. Paul spoke of this in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. That's 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. And Peter told us that the judgment begins with the house of God, the church of the living God. If we believe in Jesus, then that's you and me. First Peter 4.17, he says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? 
And Daniel prophesied of that time in Daniel chapter 7 and verses 9 and 10. And then verse 13, I'm going to read. It says here, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose hair of his head was like the pure wool, his throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. And in the same vision, Daniel sees the Son of Man, Jesus, God's eternal Son, come to the Ancient of Days, the Father. Verse 13, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Now note what happens in verse 14. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. So this is the time when the father gives to the son a kingdom and confirms the people who will be the subjects of that kingdom. These are the sheep that follow the shepherd's voice. They are the wheat taken from among the tares. They are the good fish separated from the bad fish. They are the sheep divided from the goats. They are the wise virgins who kept their lamps trimmed and burning. They let their light shine in good works and glorify their Father in heaven. When Jesus returns the second time, in all his glory with his angels, he will reward them. Here's how it is put in dividing the sheep from the goats in uh, Matthew here I'm reading from, Matthew 25, verses 31 onwards. It says here, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all kingdoms, and he shall separate them one from another, as a sheep divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Now of the sheep it says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. And of the goats, it says, verse 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was an hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, 
Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So, the judgment is the time that Jesus determines who he will reward with immortality and eternal life. Paul confirmed this reality in Romans 2, verses 6 to 9. He says here, Who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them who, by patient continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honour and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. That's Romans 2, 6-9. Now, did you note that? Those who, by patient continuance and well-doing, are seeking for honour, glory and immortality. They will be rewarded with eternal life. And it's Jesus that is going to determine that reward. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. That's what John 5.22 says. For those that have died with their faith in Christ, that reward will be a resurrection to eternal life. Now, Jesus goes on to say here in verse 28 of John 5, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in that in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. We are facing a solemn time right now. We can't afford to let our faith waver. We can't afford to compromise with the world. We can't afford to be ashamed of confessing our faith in a faithless world. Don't be ashamed to stand up for Jesus. Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. That's in Mark 8:38. But whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. That's Matthew 10:32. We need to be vigilant in preparing to meet our Lord in peace. How? Well, Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5:24, some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. You see, by confessing our sins now, while Jesus is sitting there on the throne of grace, offering his forgiveness, we send them beforehand to judgment. They will be forgiven and blotted out of the books of record. If we don't confess them now, our names will be blotted out of the book of life. Alan White, as I said in previous episodes, one of my favorite Christian authors, she goes into detail uh, in her book, The Great Controversy, and describing this aspect of Christ's work in heaven. She writes this, As the books of record are opened in the judgment, the lives of all who have believed on Jesus come in review before God. Beginning with those who first lived upon the earth, our advocate presents the cases of each successive generation and closes with the living. Every name is mentioned, every case closely investigated. Names are accepted, names rejected. That's from Great Controversy, page 483. This is a solemn reality. The Lord confirmed to Moses that any who have sinned against him will have their names blotted out of the book of life. 
Exodus 32 verse 33, he said, And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. And Ezekiel confirmed this also in Ezekiel 18 verse 24. But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness, and committeth iniquity, and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned. In his trespass that he hath trespassed, and in his sin that he hath sinned, in them shall he die. But what hope then do we have in view of this reality? Well, Ezekiel goes on to say in verses 27 to 30, Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed, and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive, because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions that he hath committed. He shall surely live, he shall not die. And to those who, living in sin, expect to be dealt with as if they were righteous, God says, in verse 30, Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, said the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Now, Ellen White explains further on this. She writes this in Great Controversy. When any have sins remaining upon the books of record, unrepented of and unforgiven, their names will be blotted out of the book of life, and the record of their good deeds will be erased from the book of God's remembrance. All who have truly repented of sin and by faith claim the blood of Christ as their atoning sacrifice have had pardon entered against their names in the books of heaven. As they have become partakers of the righteousness of Christ, that means they've become holy. Remember, without holiness, none of us will see the Lord. So they've actually become holy. They've, they've uh, cleansed their lives from practicing sin. They've, they've learned to do well and they've practiced that in their lives and it's reflected in their characters. It says here, it goes on to say here, their characters are found to be in harmony with the law of God. Their sins will be blotted out and they themselves will be accounted worthy of eternal life. Now she goes on to say here, in a few pages over, page 490, solemn are the scenes connected with the closing work of the atonement. That's the work that Christ is doing for us there in heaven. Momentous are the interests involved therein. The judgment is now passing in the sanctuary above. The sanctuary above is where Jesus dwells with the Father and all of heaven, the angels there. For many years, this work has been in progress. Soon, none know how soon it will pass to the cases of the living. In the awful presence of God, our lives are to come up in review. At this time, above all others, it behoves every soul to heed the Saviour's admonition, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. That's Mark 13.33. When the work of the investigative judgment closes, Alan White goes on to say here, the destiny of all will have been decided for life or death. That's from Great Controversy, page 490. Now, as I shared in the last episode, a time is coming when the work of grace will end. This is what it means for us. There will be no more opportunity to have our sins forgiven. They will forever remain on record and stand against us in the judgment. But we have the promise today, like Jacob did, of forgiveness and cleansing. 
John writes in 1 John 1 verse 19, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let's come boldly to the throne of grace today while there is time. Accept God's forgiveness and experience that cleansing of heart and life that prepares you to meet Jesus in peace. If you do, then when your name comes up, Jesus, this is the promise, Revelation, remember Revelation 3 and verse 5, Jesus will confess your name before his Father and before his angels. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this meditation this morning that reminds us of the solemnity of the hour in which we're living. We know Jesus is coming soon. He's coming with his reward to give to every man according to his deeds. And we pray that we may be found faithful, Lord, patiently continuing in well-doing, that we might be prepared to meet Jesus in peace. I pray that will be the experience of each one of us, Lord, here today, uh, listening here, that that we will have our sins confessed to you while there's grace on offered now, that they may be forgiven, that our hearts and lives may be cleansed from all iniquity. So please may this be the experience of of, uh, me and of each one listening. And I pray this, Lord, in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the 7am Bible this morning. It's been a solemn uh, uh, topic, but I know that You know, wherever you are, whatever you're doing today, wherever you're going, God will be with you. So take him with you. Be prayerful, be careful, and have a wonderful day. This has been Paul Chapman. I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the 7am Bible. Magical sound of